Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. It is Friday morning, the 18th of August. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning and a big show. We're going to catch up with Senator Susan McDonald very shortly. We're going to talk about uh, what is going on today with the Rockhampton Regional Council welcoming News Corp's National Bush Summit on Friday the 18th of August. Peyton Fitzsimons will join us. We'll talk with Rabobank's Yvette Loyson as well uh, and much, much more. It's a big show for you. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB, Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. If you've been anywhere, um, you actually need to know, know that you can go to Spotify, you can listen to Rural Queensland today. So sit back, relax, enjoy the next hour. Senator Susan McDonald joining us next. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Friday morning, the 18th of August on Rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, Senator Susan McDonald is a regular on this show and she joins me this morning on Rural Queensland today. Senator, good morning and thank you so much for being with us. Oh, terrific as always, Ben. Um, talk to me, uh, the Echo. You've been out and about this week. It was very good to see you manning the stool. Uh, Peter Dutton turning up, obviously David Christofulli, and uh, selling the message to the general public of the metropolitan areas, just how important it is to register and also to understand what is going on in the political landscape at the moment. Yeah, that is exactly right, Ben, that there is, you know, I'm talking to a lot of young people, people across Queensland, and they say, you know, why should I bother getting involved? Why should I be engaged? Well, there is nothing more important than putting up your hand, your views, your vote, whether whether it's at the election at the ballot box or whether it's going and talking to a politician and saying, hey, I don't think this is a good idea or I really like this. So, for example, last week I had a huge number of people getting in touch with me about how they thought the Prime Minister's idea to have a public holiday for the Matildas was a ridiculous idea because what about a legacy for girls and women playing sport right across the country? Make sure there's a whole other generation of kids coming into our fantastic sports. And, uh, and so that's what Peter Dutton came out as a result of so many people getting in touch with their local senator or member. And, uh, and so he's announced that in government uh, we'd be putting in a a lot of money to more training facilities, uh, change facilities, and just make it easier for those young women to uh, to get into their sports. So, you know, I think that was a much better idea. But the perfect example of how people can contact their elected representatives and say, hey, we want to have a say about this. We want a different outcome. And uh, that's how it played out. The Labor government are holding their conference here in Brisbane um, as we speak, and their national conference. And they are in a hell bent on this no vote. Um, we know that they're actually testing the waters with um, some Indigenous leaders in there at the moment to see how that works. We understand that they're going to vote on vegeta- vegetation management and completely banning land clearing. I mean, the ideologies of what was built off the back of the Shearers and working class families are long gone. They are <laughs> green, they are extremist. And you can only see now that the CFMU who... who absolutely protested yesterday. The unions are turning on them. There is so much unrest at the moment because of the way that they are leading this country. 
That's exactly right, Ben. The day of the Labor Party being for workers and people out in the regions is well and truly gone. And, uh, and those protests was a, a good example of that. You know, vegetation management is something that farmers and graziers understand. They understand how to manage the land, where they need to plant more, where they need to plant less, how they need to manage their soils and how they manage their, their ground cover and their animal health. And to, to think that you're going to have bureaucrats in Brisbane or in Canberra making these decisions without any understanding of land types, without any understanding of erosion, uh, animal species, is just a nonsense and just shocking. You know, and very sadly, Simon Crean passed away the other day. Uh, Labor leaders like Simon Crean, like um, Martin Ferguson, like others who were leaders in their day, um, must be just horrified to think that the Labor Party of today is doing its best to attack farmers and graziers, to uh, kill off regional uh, communities, and this rushed uh, uh, energy policy to renewables is going to drive up power prices, reduce productivity, and see uh, Australian jobs and Australian prosperity go offshore. And that is all thanks to this incredibly socialist left-wing government, both at a state and a federal government, federal level. Are you concerned? I mean, I don't think the vote gets through, but gee whiz, it's going to divide a nation. Well, it has, hasn't it? I mean, everybody would know when they've been out, you know, having a drink, talking to friends at the sports, whatever it might be, that every now and again you'll come across somebody who has a different view to yours. And what a tragedy that instead of bringing Australians together, this Prime Minister has come up with a a plan that is actually driving Australians apart. And then only this week he's admitted that he hasn't read the entire report on The Voice. He hasn't read uh, all the documentation. Yeah, unbelievable. I can't believe there's a, he's, read the, he's read the cover sheet and that's it. Hasn't even read the whole thing. Well, you know, what, what did he think he was implementing in full? You know, in full, he kept saying. Well, now that he's, people are alerting him to what in full means... He has a responsibility to say to Australians, "Why well, I didn't actually understand what I was signing you up to, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry about that. It's not this simple proposition that I kept telling people. It's a very complex change to our democratic uh, democracy uh, and to the structure of um, the way our world works. And absolutely, Australians should have insight and input into that. And you know, that's exactly what he's not doing there." You know, and, and if, if people aren't certain about what this constitutional, this permanent, divisive change means to Australia, then you only have one option, which is to say no. You just don't have any other option because it is too risky. Yeah, it really is a worry. Um, just quickly, obviously a lot happening in the sphere with, with health and we've seen this week some regional reports come out. We now know that the housing crisis is nothing short of diabolical. They've come out and tried to put a Band-Aid over it. But the biggest concern is the lower... They, they set a standard on on internet coverage throughout regional Queensland and towns like Barcaldon, Longreach, uh, Quilpy, um, you know, Aracoon are below the national level of acceptability for internet connection. Now, how can you ask these people to live and prosper when there is no coverage. Now, this is all off the back of 
um, a government that is hell-bent on, oh, yeah, we've got it under control, but it is not under control. Well, it's not been, and what's worse is that every government department is converting their services to online. Every web page you go to says, contact us here. Don't, don't, they don't give you a phone number. They want you to contact them using a web page. And if your internet access, your data is not um, high enough, then you'll just sit there with that spiralling egg timer of death um, forever. Uh, whether it's kids getting their education, uh, and, and this is one of the things, there's so few high school trained uh, teachers in the regions now that, you know, one of the options they're doing is using distance ed classes to provide specialist subjects into, you know, towns like Biloela and, and some of the other towns you've known. Well, that's fantastic. That's modern. That's using Australia's great advantage of remote education. <laughs> but you've got to give kids uh, the right... Uh, and an even playing field, a level playing field of the same internet access. So, you know, it's getting the basic stuff right, isn't it? And that's what Labor never seems to do. They're, they're really big on building a cross-river rail to get people to work two minutes faster. They're really big on billions of dollars for uh, the Olympics. But, you know, they're not getting the basics right of having good internet access across the state, of having proper health services across the state, of having um, good... Uh, uh, legislation that means that young people who are getting in trouble with the law uh, don't sit in the watch house in Townsville for nine days without a shower or a change of clothes because they can't manage the admin to get them cycled through and then to say that if you breach bail that is an offence. Yeah. You know this is this is basic stuff they're just they just can't administer and I think part of it is because most of them have never had a job outside of the the union sector, or they've never run a business themselves and know the consequences of getting it wrong, which is, you know, you might lose your house, you might lose your lose your business. And that's what lots of Queenslanders are facing because of this absolutely obscene rush to a new energy system. It's driving up the cost of living, driving up the power of electricity, driving small businesses uh, and families to the wall. Um, and, and it is all because Labor is rushing, rushing, rushing to new energy system that's not stable, that's not reliable, and that's incredibly expensive. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much, as usual, giving me some time on Rural Queensland. Have a great weekend. I hope you do too, Ben, and to everybody listening. Thank you. Good on you. Susan McDonald, we'll take a break. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today, Friday morning, the 18th of August. Peyton Fitzsimons, um, the National Livestock Manager for Ray White Rural, back from his soiree in Brisbane with the Ecker, and he joins me this morning from Dolby, uh, ahead of another weekend uh, where he'll be working. I mean, this man never stops. Uh, Peyton Fitzsimons, good morning, and thank you so much for being with us. Do they still speak about you very highly in that auction year's competition? <laughs> no, they don't. Very no, highly. No, no, they don't. No, no, they don't. Uh, we've all moved on from that. That was a long time ago. And um, they were good days, but no, they don't. No, there's many, many a young man who's much better. Fitz, good morning. Um, we've talked about the real decline in the beef job a lot. And, you know, we've seen heifers only as this week. Um, little blowaways really struggling to even at some times make the $2 mark. Um is it a concern? Yes. Seasonally, yes. You know, where we don't know where that's going to land. And I'm going to get to that. But we haven't talked much around this lamb and mutton job. 
And a lot of people have invested heavily um, in genetics and gone back into sheep. Um, and, you know, New South Wales has been heavily dominated by this lamb job. And it is absolutely ghastly at the moment. Can you give us a snapshot of wh- what the decline has been, why, and, and is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, good morning, Ben. Mate, it is um, if, if the toughest would take a lift without a doubt, especially that mutton job. Uh, to give your listeners just a bit of an insight into it, um, Victoria, especially where I've been a fair bit the last the last month, it is uh, it is saturated with numbers down there, as is southern New South Wales and mainly all the crossbreds. There is still an element of straight merinos down there. Um, a lot of your traders then that were that were, had bought store lambs because of the sudden and the jolting decline in that commodity price, held and held and held, trying to get more weight onto their lambs. Until it all sort of, uh, until it all all hit home, basically within a couple of weeks, where older lambs were starting to cut their teeth. Uh, so then there was an environment in the, in that neck of the woods in the last probably month and a half to two months where old older season lambs, which were heavy, which were good, were cutting their teeth. Then you've now uh, been compiled by the fresh season suckers coming through. Yep. So they're still trying to tip out of these old season lambs. They're getting overrun by this magnitude of numbers of, of suckers. Um, you know, the likes of Wagga, well, Wagga has yarded anywhere between forty and 50,000 lambs plus 20,000 mutton every single Monday now for the last, uh, really for the last two months. Uh, and that is only, that, you know, that's only one set of regional sale yards there. Um, you know, the, the, the product, it, it, it's an interesting space, Ben, because look, like the product overseas, America, we, uh, America handles a lot of lamb for, uh, for Australia. Uh, they're selling a lot of pork and chicken in the domestic market in America at the moment for under $4 a kilo. So that's what we're up against. Um, you know, that's where a lot of our product goes. And just the sheer weight of numbers, like there is some serious numbers there. Um, Why hasn't know, it been passed down though? Like, and I see this, and the butchers are like, "Oh, well, we've got to make a buck here as well." Like, okay, so for a long time, and you know this as well as I do, the lamb cutlet became, you know, too dear, too dear to eat. Like, we all, you know, we've all, I love a lamb cutlet. We've all gone away from it because of just the price. Now, I understand you got to have a base, and I understand that everybody's got to get paid. But if we could get people back on lamb and mutton eating more, because people have gone away, you know, we're, we're at my family alone are a chicken and pork family because beef got so dear, you know, like, yeah, it was a delicacy. And lamb was just off the table, you know, for bang for buck. So why don't we try and get it back domestically? I know that's not going to, you know, it's not going to make complete wonders, but it's a starting point because the price has not come back at the supermarket. I would I would like to say this that I'd rather feed Australia I'd rather feed Australia for two and six and feed the world for two and six. I agree. We're going to dump our product on the on the international market and not make any money out of it. And our our producers are the ones that are, uh, you know, uh, left holding the baby. Or we should be feeding our own population. Like why we don't invest into into labels of uh, especially hoggets like the number of hoggets coming through the market at the moment and a hogget you know the difference between a hoggett and a lamb can be forty eight hours. Yeah, it's a, it's a very similar product, and you know there there, there would have to be room uh, on the supermarket shelves for that kind of product at a reduced rate. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, you, you're dead right, and we we just need to see that. With is there concern within the industry because a lot of people geared heavily. Um, people and it's like the beef industry going out buying land. 
um, buying more country, wanting more machinery, you know, off the back of a really good 12 to 18 months. And no one believed it would yes. crash. And there would be concern yeah, now. certainly. Yeah, certainly is, mate. There certainly is. And, and keeping in mind, you know, one of the reasons there is such a, a huge supply of numbers at the moment, the last two to two and a half years of trade for those store land buyers and the, and the, and the land producers has been enormous. Like everyone ordered more and more and more. The money was very good. You know, you were picking up $100 in a store land within, you know, within three months. You know, it was a very good trade window. Yeah. So that's why everyone just, you know, the, the numbers and people bred more and more and more because the trade was so good, and now it's yeah, and now it has, and now it has crashed. If you do work on a five-year trade, it still looks very healthy. But it's all, it's all, you know, it's all good and well to say it still looks healthy over five years when you're trying to, you know, trying to live in the current environment. They're two very contrasting things. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. I think this is, I think this is a game changer. I really do. I really think this is a game changer if we can try and get some more beef, land back into the market. Um, and that's the big thing that we need to because the worry that people are having and the governments need to step in if this is going to get like that. So what turns it around, Fitz? What turns this industry around domestically um, and is a world problem? Is that the biggest thing? Oh, look, Ben, it is. It's a, it's a mixture of a lot of those, of all those elements. Obviously, the world economy and our domestic economy is, you know, is shuddering. With inflation and the cost of living, that is that that is the number one driving factor. Yeah. Definitely, still, and I've, I've said it a million times on your on your program, and I'll keep saying it: grass thing. When there is when there is a good season uh, throughout New South Wales and Victoria, a, lo- a lot of those producers will elect just to you know to hold some of that those stock that they're dumping now. Like Victoria, it is a very interesting place at the moment because it is so wet there over a fair bit of country. It is only short, like it's genuinely only four to six weeks away from potentially a very good spring in some areas. Yeah. If we can just get some rain through New South Wales, it'll just stem the supply. And we all know when st- when supply is stemmed, the yeah. commodity price will lift. Yeah, you're dead right. You're dead right. Hey, appreciate your time this morning on that issue, mate. That's um, a huge issue and one that we need to look at. And the cattle industry is very same. The, the we need the we need the season to get a lot better as well. Car Webb um, is a Dolby boy, um, and he's an important part of the world. Um, and rugby league loves Car Webb. Now we know the challenges he's got, but in Dolby, um, with the rugby league side, that that's the DNA. And there's a really big couple of days taking place, second and third of November, um, and it's only early doors, but um, it's worth mentioning at the moment. Yeah, mate, certainly. Look, um, you know, we, we, we all know the, the battles that Webby's gone through and, uh, you know, he's, he's a very much loved uh, part of the Dolby community and the Dolby diehard. Uh, so, yeah, second and third of November, we are, we're doing a, a golf day for Webby. Uh, we're going to get yourself included and, and a few of the other NRL players, including Gordon Tallis, and there's a few other good heavy hitters that are going to come out. What we will do is we will auction those fellas off for a round of golf. So uh, on the Thursday, we'll all, we'll all have a big meet and greet at the, at the Leeds Club here in Dolby and then all go and have a round of golf. And some of those NRL players and previous players, they'll be auctioned off and that and put into put into the Ambrose event. But it's a, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a wonderful event. Kerry Carmichael's been instrumental. My next door neighbour here in Dolby getting things organised. But uh, put it in your put it in your diary for the second and the third of November. Uh, it would be a great cause for uh, for Webby, and uh, we'll see plenty of the NRL uh, legends in Dolby Town. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Good on you, mate.
Thank you. Peyton Fitzsimons, Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Zach Garvin joins us this morning, Advance Rockhampton. And this is a great news story. Today, Rockhampton Regional Council will, ho- will welcome News Corp's Australia National Bush Summit. And the 2023 Bush Summit will bring together the nation's most powerful decision makers and thought and thought leaders to discuss the biggest issues facing regional industry, agriculture, business and community leaders and a proposed practical solutions to ensure the develop ongoing prosperity in regional Australia continues. Now, this is something imperative. And I mean, we've heard some of the unbelievable stats this week um, throughout News Corp and the Courier-Mail have done a fantastic job this week in reporting some stuff. Um, the, look, the Premier will be there. The opposition leader and David Christofulli will be there. Kate Jones will be there. Um, Gina Reinhart is expected to be um, there as well, um, which I think is just phenomenal. Uh, Zach Garvin joins us this morning, Advance Rockhampton. Zach, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, good morning, Ben, and good morning, listeners. Uh, what a special day this will be. Um, and this has been something that has obviously gone to six regional locations in Australia. But we, uh, we're on our knees at the moment in Queensland. Um, in the regions. There's no just two ways about it. We generate the income for the metropolitan areas, but we're dying in the bush, on the vine. And I love regional Queensland. I love regional Australia. I know how important it is. And clearly, Zach, yourself and the Rockhampton Regional Council know how important it is. And that's why you're holding these kind of summits, not only to, to look at what we need to do, but to let some of these leaders know you need to, to pony up and get things changing, otherwise we will die on the vine. Then, um, you know, you're, you're 100% correct. And, and I, th- I think it's about having, you know, a, a really clear strategy and plan that, that includes all of Queensland fairly and, and equitably. Um, and, you know, within our Advanced Rockhampton Economic Development Team, we've developed our, our economic development strategy and action plan um, over the next five years, a, a laser point plan that will help us uh, see that prosperity in the region um, uh, out to that 2041 year, um, but you know we're so proud to welcome these uh, you know these leaders. You know, having the premier and the leader of the opposition, and you know even Kate Jones and Gina Reinhart, we're, we're proud to to welcome them to town and to have these conversations. And and from those conversations, that's where you know we need action and strategy, and uh, and to make sure that not not just Central Queensland, not just Northern Australia, but the, the bush and, and that regional regional oh. Queensland really prosper um, into the next decade. Mate, whether they're in Dingo, Blackwater, whether they're in Ralston, whether they're in Longreach, it doesn't matter. You know, you know they, they need to be they need to be supported. Now, reported in the Courier Mail today that you know Anastasia Palaszczuk is going to make an announcement of eighty million dollars state government cash splash designed to boost regional Queensland. I mean, I don't understand what this package will entail. I don't understand she'll do it there and everybody will cheer. But, I mean, expand, relocate to the right regions. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to be negative about it, and $80 million goes a long way, but, I mean, you know, there's so many areas that I don't even know where to begin. Now, you guys understand that. You guys understand that, you know, Rockhampton is such a important part of the map, like in, in the agricultural sector. It, it's the beef capital of Australia, um, it also is generates a lot of outside money and a lot of stuff in and around central Queensland. But 
$80 million, I, I don't know what that does. I, I, and I know it looks good and the headline's glossy and everybody will cheer and today you'll all clap. I, I literally get it, but I don't know what that does, that $80 million and how you spend it. Yeah, I suppose, you know, I look forward to hearing what, what that looks like. And, you know, for, for us, it's around um, capacity building. It, it's not just around, uh, like, like right now, our unemployment is at 4.1%. That represents about 2,000 people in our local government area. Wow. Our, our GDP has grown, it's, you know, 5.7, oh, sorry, GRP has grown to 5.7 billion. Um, and we've got an all-time high GRP, an all-time low unemployment, but we need more people here. We need to increase our population. We need, we've got some housing problems there that we need to fix, but we need to make sure that the, that the support is, um, is, is there from, from all levels of government. And, um, you know, we, we identify that in, in our action plan and pillars. Um, but I'm excited to see what what is announced today, and um, and, and I hope that you know it's it's fair for not just Central Queensland, but but also regional Queensland and the bush as well. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing that we we want to see. Um, look, Rockhampton Regional Council um, through yourselves, Advance Rockhampton is sponsoring this event, and it, this is an important way for the Rockhampton Regional Economic Strategy. There is some concern, though. I mean, you, you know, I, and I look, it's a, it's a political minefield. Th- this push for renewables is causing bedlam everywhere, and even in, even in your, even in your world, in the sense that you've got the wind farms and and solar, and and there's a real conflict at the moment because no one actually fully knows what we are. Is that is that the biggest minefield that you're playing in at the moment? Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's always more than one minefield. I, I think with renewables for us, our region is is it's about that transition of high paid jobs. So right now, mining, you know, thermal coal mining represents to our region about thirty percent of the employment. And so, if that's being phased out, how do we replace those jobs with equal paying jobs? Because a, a lot of a lot of positions in that industry are very high paid. And um, for our own local economy here and for the families, um, we want to continue what's that transition. And you know, there, there's, there is some support on the table. So there's the, the uh, Regional Economic Futures Fund. And so for um, you know a, a few different, four different regions identified, there's about 200 million that has been put on the table um, that's split into 40 million plus a little leftover bucket. So there's about 40 million identified to help um, Central Queensland transition and and look at um, opportunities for what is that next um, economic um, hit for to replace um, those those roles that are in that that thermal coal mining, but you know metallurgical coal mining that's not going anywhere. And so for us, if you if you look at the renewables, you know it it has to be a, a you know a really honest conversation around decarbonisation, but also how, how does a region like us, like it's a, it's a fast change. And to be honest, our region's probably a little bit um, slow to make some, to, to come to the conversation. Um, but how do we ensure that our region and, and regional Queensland um, prospers and has, um, you know, that, that strong economy um, like it does at the moment into the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 and beyond years. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And that's the big thing. 
um, and it's collective and it's whole and it takes place today. No doubt that we'll have a review and there will be some unbelievable stuff that will come out of it, but I really appreciate your time this morning. And uh, Advanced Rockhampton to be sponsoring this speaks volumes of just the collective group. They understand the importance of Rockhampton and where it fits on the map. Zach Garvin, great to chat. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Ben. Have a great day. Good on you. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Let's have a look. Uh, Rabobank Client Council Manager uh, Yvette Lawson uh, joins us this morning and the Rabobank Community Fund has partnered with George the Farmer again on his mission to help educate children about where their food and fibre comes from. Um, this is an educational way during the year's National Book Week, which starts tomorrow um, till the following week. So it's a very, very important week. Um, good morning, Yvette. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, good morning, Ben. Thank you for having me. Um, this is important. I mean, where we understand it, we completely understand where our food comes from. But to the majority, it's not the same. So a real, a real opportunity, um, you know, a real opportunity to try and share that story to the kids in the metropolitan areas. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it's actually our clients who have directed us on this particular theme. So it's our client councils who tell us what are the most important topics in, in rural and regional communities. And they keep telling us, like, we understand where our food and fibre comes from, but it's not for nothing that George the Farmer thinks about the food uh, in your fridge is from the farm. It's so important for kids to learn that and um, Georgia Farmer is one of the initiatives. It was a great success last year when we did the book competition and an even bigger success this year. So, um, yeah, we are going to give away 50 book sets to um, primary schools, kindergartens and, um, and also early learning centres. Last year we had 190 schools um, competing and this year there were 340. Um, so that's an amazing result and only shows how important this topic is. Yeah, um, look... Yeah, you know, this is, it, it is an unbelievable thing. So how did it come about and how was it that you got to this point that you were able to share this? I mean, Book Week Initiative is part is partnership between Rabo Community Fund and George the Farmer, but, you know, it began in 2012 and it's just growing and growing and growing and growing. It, it's a really exciting initiative. It is, it is 100%. And, yeah, indeed. So in 2012, the client council started in Australia and in New Zealand. Um, and since then, those groups of clients who guide us and give us direction on which are the most important challenges um, in regional communities um, has developed significantly to the launch of the Rubber Community Fund in, in 2021 um, and the start of our partnership with George the Farmer and Simone Kane as the author of... Unfortunately, we've just lost... Um, we've just lost our there, Yvette uh, Loison from uh, Rabobank Client Council Manager. So uh, that is a quite an unbelievable initiative that will happen and she's gone now. So more than 100,000 Aussies will be in the big reading this book from the big smokes to the bush and something very, very important. We'll take a break, come back. Great initiative on rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Well, I talked a little earlier, but the bush summer today, um, the headline reads, and uh, Madura McCormack has obviously talked about this, the $80 million cash splash to lure business to regional Queensland. Oh, please, Premier. 
Uh, it reads, the businesses are set to be lured to the bush um, by the state government's cash splats. Now, businesses are set to be given this. It's a grant to design to boost regional Queensland. $80 million, that's what she thinks. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk will announce this today in Rockhampton. The package includes a new $50 million backing business in bush funds to help businesses expand, relocate to the regions, adapt as Queensland competes for export markets. Now, the cash is targeted to small to medium businesses with a focus on traditional industries such as agriculture, forestry, fishing, mining, manufacturing, food processing. So she hopes it'll be more productive and increase the private sector. Queensland is Australia's most decentralised mainland state with just over half the population living outside the capital city compared to one-third in other jurisdictions. These new funds encourage growth in regions and help bring in new private investment. Well, it's understood the backing of the business and the bush fund will be similar to the state government's grant program that ran from 2017 to 21 called Jobs and Regional Growth Fund. $175 million fund presided assistance up to 100 grand to 10 million in either direction for grants. The new cash grab will go towards backing bush community funds, which include the $10 million for local governments outside Queensland. Councils outside the southeast will be able to apply for grants of $50,000 to put to improving accessibility amenities. And there'll be another $20 million to go towards agriculture and biosecurity sector. It's understood interested businesses and local governments will be able to register their interest for a slice of the funds with Queensland Treasury from Friday. The Queensland Bush Summit will include addresses from David Chrysofulli, Gina Reinhart, and as I said, Matt Canavan, blah, 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 Premier, you're kidding. You're kidding yourself. I can't believe that we're actually giving this any air. I mean, what about getting the health right? What about getting the education right? What about getting the internet, the roads, the stock routes? Yet you come there to a bush summit today and you're going to bang on about this and you're going to talk about how hard it is and $80 million. But you know what? Please, spare me. Spare me the embarrassment of what you've been doing to this state. We know full well that this is a Brisbane central state. Everything is out of Brisbane. And you wonder why the shock result for Palaszczuk is now in. If they had an election today according to a new poll that puts an alternative premier in poll position. If today, David Chrysofulli is the preferred premier over incumbent Anastasia Palaszczuk, the resolved strategic poll conducted by the Brisbane Times surveyed votes from mid-May until last week. It captured voted sentiment and cabinet reshuffles on May 18 when under pressure ministers Yvette Dath and Leanne Linnard were dumped from the health system and youth justice portfolios. Remember that debacle? Palaszczuk's personal supporters falling from 43% holding a negative opinion and Labor's primary vote dropping to 32% from 35% according to earlier polls. LNP has shifted to 38% up from 33%. The state is a mess. Palaszczuk's net likability had also fallen from 15 to 8 in December last year while Chris Apulli's is at plus 7 the result echoes Courier-Mail's most recent polling, which also showed Palaszczuk's popularity among voters uh, sinking to an all-time low. It is believed that the Premier's standing um, is far worse than what those when Anastasia, Anna Bly and Campbell Newman before their election wipeouts. Her 31% rating as preferred Premier against Chris Fulley's was also the worst since she was elected into the top job since 2015. This is 
as true a pole as you can get, yet she is just delusional in what she's doing. For Christ's sake, we need to stop now. Our state is bleeding. It is on its knees. And I can't, I cannot reinforce how important it is. I cannot reinforce how important it is that people, um, you know, would be able to, in a lot of ways, once again, just try and vote her out. The government has done nothing, nothing to give us any trust moving forward. We're going to go there today. Big cash grad. Queensland boom to bring gold to Queensland regions as well. They're going to say it's going to be a boom in the lead up to the Olympics with property expected to grow in line with other cities. Now, all of it's in Brisbane. We know that. It's Brisbane Central. I'm sick of it. Premier, you have to lead the state, not Brisbane and not the Gold Coast. You need to lead the state. This is rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. I hope you've enjoyed your Friday morning with me. I certainly have. Ray Hadley joins you next and have a great day on this 18th of August, this Friday morning. It does need to rain. There's no two ways about it. And that's a very important part of what we do here is we need the weather to stick with us. Uh, Dry parts throughout Queensland, New South Wales is horrible at the moment. Uh, How things can turn around so quickly. Uh, stay safe on the roads. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. And we're back again on Monday morning. The best of will be on tomorrow morning, so enjoy that. Till next time, from all the team here at Rural Queensland today, have a great day. Stay safe on the roads, and bye for now.